Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes just that inherent curiosity, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs have in general. I mean, that's why people are in tech. How do we make the world better? And how do we create solutions that will serve the greater good? Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Los Angeles. Welcome, Rachel. Hello. So glad to be here. I'm so proud of you. Rachel, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm Rachel Espiritu. I'm currently marketing director at Starburst Aerospace. It's a global startup accelerator for aerospace and defense companies. Our headquarters is in El Segundo. I'm relatively new to the organization and super excited to be there. You know, we have an accelerator program that supports pre-seed and seed stage aerospace startups, as well as enabling technologies that also includes like big data and AI. So I oversee the marketing strategy. We have a global presence, six offices worldwide, Paris, Tel Aviv, Singapore, Sal, and Washington, D.C. It's an amazing company. There's also a venture firm. We invest pre-seed and seed stage, as well as a consulting arm that works with corporate and government partners on their aerospace innovation strategies. And in addition to your aerospace life, you are also a sound bath musician. What does that mean? Someone that we've had at so many of our We Are LA Tech experiences, she's amazing. Sure, yeah, and thank you for acknowledging that. It's, for me, my own personal journey with wellness and mental health. Meditation has been a a huge part of that. And so during the pandemic, 2020, I did meditation teacher training and got certified. And now I teach at a studio over in Marina del Rey where I lead a meditation class and I use different sound instruments that facilitate a meditative experience. And it's just something I do on the side as a passion project. Rachel, I've known you for several years and I'm so proud of you. Your trajectory in your career, not just your career, your career and your health journey Mm -hmm. has been so extraordinary to me as a friend. I was telling you this before you came into the studio. You started out at at a hardware accelerator, Mm -hmm. knew nothing about hardware acceleration, Mm -hmm. and you learned, you immersed yourself, you learned about co-working, you learned about hardware, you learned about, you were highly valuable. Then you went over to like incubator slash venture capital Mm -hmm. and learned that whole world. Mm -hmm. Now you've learned all about aerospace. Mm I would never do that myself. I, w- I, w- I don't think I am capable of it. Like mm-hmm. if you threw me into an aerospace company, mm-hmm. I genuinely don't think I have the competency to do what you have done. Mm-hmm. You have done it now three times. Yeah. <laughs> I so admire that. Like Thank I don't you. even understand 
how you're able to do that. And and you you are so high value at all these roles. It's not just like figuring it out. You figure it out and then you become just a huge asset mm-hmm. within within the companies. So tell us when you first started at Starburst, what did you know about aerospace? Sure. And and what do you know now? Like how did you immerse yourself into the culture? Yeah, well first thank you for that amazing compliment. Really <laughs> touches my heart. I will say that Going in, I also was very nervous. And when I interviewed for the role, I spoke to the managing director and the CEO. I both mentioned to them, I don't know much about aerospace. I'm like, don't worry, we can teach you. And so the managing director for our U.S. office, Elizabeth Reynolds, she's such a supporter and an ally and an advocate. She saw potential in me. was like, I believe you can do this. And took the chance and I hit the ground running. I definitely immersed myself, started following a lot of, you know, publications, just really understanding really what the core concepts are. And the idea essentially as a marketing director, I'm not the rocket scientist. I'm not the engineer. I just need to understand it enough to tell the story to the general Mm. audience, to the general tech community, which if anything puts me in the perfect position because I'm understanding the company's story, our founders' stories, and helping communicate that to a larger audience and specifically to investors for the founders in our portfolio, helping them connect to investors because that's part of the role of an accelerator, right? You join an accelerator to get access to resources, connections, and ultimately your next round of funding. So really what excites me about aerospace, what a lot of people don't know, is the connection to climate. Actually, very passionate about climate. There's a lot of space technologies that are used to support the really what's happening with the climate revolution. And if you think about satellite data and how satellites are able to monitor ESG metrics, you know, weather patterns, you know, crops, agriculture, water, all of that. And so it's a big component. And so space is actually a big driver for climate. Did you know that when you took the job? I did not. How did you have the confidence to say yes to a role three times (laughs) that you didn't know how to do when you were starting. And I ask that because there's the that old story that a lot of people tell about guys versus girls where like if they both have the same opportunity, I think the story is like to become a pilot. They both have no experience. The guy will say yes and say, I'll figure it out. And the girl will be like, let me go learn how to do it before I say yes to the, the opportunity. You seem to just jump and totally. say yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you have the confidence to do that? Yeah, I will say it ties back as well to my spirituality because I absolutely trust that whatever is put in front of me, I will figure it out and that the universe will give me exactly what I need at the right time. Mm. And that opportunity wouldn't come to me if I wasn't qualified for it in some way. That's a big piece of it. I also allow myself to stretch. I see the gap. But I trust that I'll be supported along the way because I know I need to do the footwork, right? It won't just be handed to me. Like I get to do the footwork. I get to learn. And I'm an essentially very curious person. I'm always like, how do things work? Why does this happen? Where did this come from? Those questions are continuously swirling. And so I think because of that inherent curiosity and the desire to want to make impact – the right opportunities presented themselves at the right time. And especially aerospace now, there's the new space economy. It's really a blossoming industry. Yeah. So I feel very fortunate and lucky to be brought into it at this particular time in history. 
I think something that's coming up for me while we're talking is sometimes experimentation or a lot of times is, is so scary to leap because it's like, oh, what if we don't do it right or what, mm-hmm. right or wrong? But all of life is an experiment, right? And so it sounds like just with every role you're doing, you're open to that journey. and Totally. Beginner's mindset has served everyone very well. There's that, again, Eastern story about having your cup empty. If you show up with your cup already full, how are you going to let anything pour into you, right? Huh. So. Yo, you're blowing me away. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I need to do about my imposter syndrome. Yeah. That's what I need to do about my like self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, beginner's mindset with everything, being open. And for me, that process of learning is so exciting. So I'm always curious, okay, well, why does this work? Why is it like this? And that, I think, has served me very well. I will say I'm definitely nowhere near an expert in this field, but just that inherent curiosity, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs have in general. I mean, that's why people are in tech. How do we make the world better? And how do we create solutions that will serve the greater good? What I also really appreciated is that you brought up, uh, did you say Elizabeth? Yes. That you brought up Elizabeth, and I think it's so important for women to empower women. I believe in this concept, you've probably heard me talk about it before, called silent mentorship, yes. where you just how you show up in the world could mentor someone else, even if it's some, smiling at someone in the grocery store or someone like Elizabeth being like, I got you. And mm-hmm. you could ask all the questions that you want to ask. It's not like Elizabeth has to necessarily go out of her way. She just may, opened her heart to mm-hmm. kindness. And it's so important that we do that day to day. So I really appreciate that you brought her up. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She's awesome. So I think she would also be a great guest for this show. <laughs> so You have these two identities, being a sound bath musician. I call it musician. Uh, what, do, what do you call it? What's the um, formal? I Yeah, that's. I think that's a better term for it. Uh, I'd say meditation teacher. Mm. So. Okay. So you have these two identities, meditation teacher and then working in aerospace. How do you I, I feel like it's the climate piece where the two identities merge. Is that right? Or how how do you balance those two yes. identities? Yeah, no, no, definitely. And and for those that don't know, Rachel and I know each other very well. So being a meditation teacher, a sound bath musician, it's extremely important to her. It's not mm-hmm. just a hobby. Well, it's been one of those things where I just naturally follow what lights me up. I just lean into things that I get excited about. And I had my own transcendental experience, maybe 2017, going to a sound bath and being like, wow, just the peace yeah. that I felt as a result of that and just following that and ultimately like wanting something that serves others. Like I want to be a part of someone else's story where just I'm a small piece and leading them to either their higher purpose, a sense of fulfillment, a greater sense of just serenity, anything in that regard. And then also in terms of my work life, like creating something of value that will be lasting, like a legacy, which I'm sure like a lot of us lean into this particular field because it's not easy. It takes a lot of work and grit and dedication. So wanting to create an impact where it leaves people, you know, the next generation better off than it was for us. Mm. This is going to sound so cheesy, but I just so deeply admire how you show up to life. Mm. And I think now with all the chaos, at least in our generation in this world, from climate to wars to virus, the whole thing, and maybe other generations 
experienced the same. And because we weren't alive then, we feel like, oh, this is all new. But maybe this is like this happens for every generation. I mean, classic is like there was a generation where everybody had to hide under their desk because of atomic bombs. So, mm-hmm. but the way you show up, despite being very well informed, mm-hmm. the more informed I am, the more I want to hide in bed and not get <laughs> out of bed. Right. You seem to become more and more vibrant year after year. And just being fully like vulnerable and transparent, I feel like I become more run down year after year. And I so deeply admire your vibrancy. What's your North Star? Is there something you're doing that is fueling you to live life so glowingly? Yeah. I mean, it really just comes back to the spirituality aspect. I truly believe everyone has a higher purpose. And we're put on this earth for many reasons. And ultimately, the more I learn about the problems, I'm just an eternal optimist. There are solutions. And we wouldn't be given a problem that we couldn't solve. Mm. And that ultimately wasn't for so, – and again, my personal belief is that a lot of these problems are meant for us to come together. If you think about, like, everyone's, you know, the wars, the fighting, tearing apart. But if we really, like, come together and create solutions, it just creates more peace and harmony. So I think just to take a moment and acknowledge that, yes, life is good in the sense of looking back at previous generations. We don't have maybe the same challenges, but we have our own set of challenges. But you have to think, like, that's what we came into this earth realm for. I don't know. That's just part of my spirituality, my beliefs, that like we're here on this planet for this time to just do something cool, make an impact. And like maybe you don't want to. Maybe you just want to chill, and that's totally fine as well. It's part of the human experience, <laughs> you know? It's part of the human experience, and no shade to anyone that feels like, I just want to just sit in a hammock. Like, great, yes, we deserve to rest as well. But I think some of us maybe just have this thing in them where it's like, I want to do something while I'm here, and I want to see the world better. And that belief where we can, like, co-create a reality where it's a better reality. Mm. That's, that's And it's one of my favorite terms, co-create. I use it so often. Yeah. But it's interesting when you use the word with humanity. Like, all, mm. like if I was co-creating reality on a day-to-day as I park my car and walk down the street and the people I walk past, how would I show up differently if I felt that there was a power to my co-creating? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the cousin of silent mentorship, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what kind of guidance would you give to people starting in a new profession and getting into the tech world when they're excited by the potential of being in the tech world, but they have no experience whatsoever? Like, which has been your situation so many times. Mm -hmm. I will say I've also had the experience of working with mentors who've taught me some really key concepts. Seek wise counsel. That's one in life and in business that can be used. So surround yourself with people who are also wanting to learn and deep dive. Who are the thought leaders? What are the publications? What are people reading? What are they talking about? Immerse yourself. Podcasts like these as well. And just start with the beginner's mindset. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like the, I think the, the best way if you just look at everything with the beginner's mindset, 
for me, it's really just been understanding, like, I also know what I don't know in a degree, mm. right? And I know, like, I'll never, maybe I'll never be in a, like, a rocket scientist, engineer. I don't actually build advanced propulsion systems and jets that run. Like, I don't, I know I won't be able to maybe necessarily build that, yeah. but just from a high level of understanding, like, the landscape. And really being curious about, well, what is in this landscape? Where is this going? Where is the future going in regards to this particular industry? Two things. One, how do you form that mentorship network? On the dual side of it, everyone has an opinion. And it's so annoying when people just, like, keep throwing their opinions at you as though you need to execute on them, but they're not going to do any of the work. And so what's the difference between having a mentor and who to choose versus filtering out just everyone and their mother having an opinion of how you should live your life? Sure. Well, for me, my early career growth was very contingent on the mentors that I chose, and I was very intentional about that. People who had the lives that I wanted and that were also heart-centered and service-oriented and friendly and kind people, but that were successful in their careers and that were achieving and doing lots of great things. I was very intentional in and around that. I also feel really lucky. I have a cousin that works in tech as well. Her name is Renette Kite. She's at a company called Counsey, like a startup CFO, and she's been so instrumental in my growth. And we were transparent, like, yes, we're cousins, but also she's a career woman that I respect and look up to. And she is someone that just brought me in and helped me get a job. And I go to her. And for those sticky things in and around career development and professionalism, how do you respond to this email, right? Because things get hairy yeah. sometimes, right? You have – but people are going after, especially, you know, with tech. You've got egos and people trying to do things and make moves. And people stepping on toes or whatever it may be. So how do you navigate that? But also stand up for yourself, show up powerfully, but still be kind and empathetic. And so I just found people who emulated or were what I wanted and copied them and asked for their advice. Mm -hmm. And I also, as another mentor I had, Jason Akuma, who you sure you know yeah. is also OG LA tech community person. He was someone that I just went up to and I was like, hey, I would love to learn from you. If there's anything I can help you with, a side project, like, please let me know. And he was very appreciative of that as opposed to like, pick your brain, right? Like, it was like, I want to, the way to learn is through doing, right? So can I show up and do something and help you with? Because that's how I'll learn. And so I was fortunate. And then from that, I got a job through that as well. So... And you, you're also really skilled at knowing what to say yes to. You're so intentional about it. How do you make those choices of what to say yes to? Sure. It's definitely an awareness. Uh, the meditation piece is a big part of that mm. because when I'm in touch with myself and what my North Star is, the things that I want in my life, when someone's talking about it, it's a vibration that I can just feel and sense and understand. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is a yes. This is a hell yes. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no, right? Do you really think so? I really think so. It can also be not yet. Mm. I think that's something as well. It's even if it's not hell yes, okay, not yet. Because I'll say I'll say yes to something that isn't a hell yes if I think potentially it could be an hell yes later. Mm -hmm. But then I question it. I'm curious, what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten? that's helped accelerate your career? Gosh, there's been a lot. 
I will say one of them, I actually said it earlier, like unintentionally. It was from Jason Akuma. How you do anything is how you do everything in life and in business. And that it's one and the same. How you show up in your life, how you show up in your business, it's what it's who you are as a person will trickle down and affect every aspect of your life. So make sure you know who you are at your core and show up as your true authentic self no matter where you are, because it'll attract the right people, attract the right jobs, opportunities, all of that. And that has been something, I will say candidly, that I've also like struggled with because I need to be this certain kind of person, show up this kind of way. Be No, you can tell. It's like, you know, if someone's wearing a mask, you can tell. And then you're like, well, what are you hiding? But if you're just like, yeah, this is who I am, then it's people from my experience are way more understanding and accepting of the people who are willing to take off the mask and show who they truly are. With you working for a company, what is your goal? Do you have one? Like if you were to ask me the same question, I actually don't have goals anymore. Mm-hmm. My only goal is to be feel as joyous as possible every day. And so if I'm not, it's to have an agreement with myself that I check in like, why does my body hurt today? Why don't I feel joyous today? What's going on? And then pivot accordingly. And maybe there's sometimes where I'll go days or weeks or whatever. But my only goal for myself is to be aware and intentional of how I'm experiencing my day-to-day living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have do you have a future goal or what is your goal? So I'm very big into what I want it to feel like and what I want my day-to-day to look like. And I know Ooh, I want what I to, want it to feel like. Yes. Right? Bro. Where I can, <laughs> because what happens is yeah. like, oh, like I want to be an entrepreneur, but then like the stress or the yeah, things yeah. that go in and around that, it's like I think that's why a lot of people don't ultimately make it because it's so cool and flashy to be a founder, but then the grind of actually doing it, I mean yeah. you guys know, yeah. right? It, it's it takes a lot. And a so lot. can really this is not what I want it to feel like. And so I know for me, what I want my day-to-day to feel like is to be in the middle of a community of founders and investors who are making a big impact in the world. I know that's what I want it to be, to be a connector, to be in and around the space of people who are solving hard problems and then actually are smart and committed and want to see change. I know that's what it is. And so what that looks like, I'm not attached to the results. I just know Mm. that's what I want it to, to feel like. I think if I was going to dream right now, it's something Rick Rubin said, who's uh, a skilled music producer, really well known. And he said, essentially, the answers are in nature and that nature is always communicating with us mm. if we tune in. And so what I'd want my life to feel like is that I'm in harmony and having that conversation with nature, like I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I want to feel a sense of creative freedom. I do feel like my work is purposeful. So I want to continue to feel that my work is purposeful. And in tandem, I want to feel loved while doing my work. And so sometimes I don't feel seen. So I guess that's a better word. And I don't mean by fame. I definitely don't aspire to be an influencer. Like, Mm -hmm. but And I feel all of that can be achieved if I was in harmony with nature. Like how you're showing up today, you're so in harmony – Probably 
again, because being a, a meditation teacher is so core to your identity. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly putting yourself in check. Whereas me, I'm like, I have a, I have a huge project that's stressing me out. So I'm like, okay, so I won't sleep as much and I'll eat all this crap and I <laughs> did it and I just give it up right away. But then how I show up is probably like a little more, more chaotic and frazzled and like all, and I'm not really taking that beat to recognize when I start to self-sacrifice things that seem so easy to sacrifice that I'm actually no longer like living vibrantly either. Yeah. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you can even pause in the day to day. Like, it's not what I want it to feel like. And then just like, okay, you know what? I can start my day over anytime. Pause, reset, check in. And I think, and that's what for me, meditation has taught me is how to check in with that. Check in with that. Be aware of the thoughts. With so much acceleration in your life in this current chapter, from your personal life to professional life, what is uh, the thing that you're currently focused on either improving or overcoming? Mm, So I will say my own – Because your outward perception, by the way, is like super perfect. So I'm like, (laughs) wow. But no one's perfect, right? Like for – no one is ever perfect for the entirety of our lives. But you come off like you have everything sorted out. (laughs) No, I appreciate that. So one big – career success that I'd like to celebrate is that uh, for Starburst, we published our first white paper. It was on the commercialization of hydrogen electric aircraft. And that was something really cool to do a deep dive in. And so for me, the process of doing that, it was my first time creating one. And the journey along the way, it was challenging at times. But realizing having an intern like a process for how you run things so my own processes and systems for how I get work done that's where I want to improve because mm. instead of just kind of running to put out fires mm. right that can be the nature of a startup and working in and around startups but if I'm very systematized organized and diligent at how I get things done. Yeah. And even just how I start and review my day and the tasks at hand. Yeah. And if you think a lot of times it's like when you have all these, what is the expression? Irons in the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to move so that way some don't burn. Yeah. And that you're constantly, you know, moving and shaking things around and to stay calm and centered within that and but have a process for how you move and shake things around. So what do you think is your block with creating processes right now or something that could really help you in the discovering of implementing these processes? Mm, It's a very vulnerable question. It goes back to like the beliefs around that and also like not knowing what I don't know. And, you know, there's the Pomodoro techniques and all these other like, you know, frameworks of how to go about and tackle things. And then, but then when things come up, like opportunities come up or there's a a shift, right? Management's like, hey, we got this project, we got to go. And then like, oh, well, this gets moved to the back burner. Yeah. And so being a person that I can manage up well to the people in the organization and then also like work closely with my teammates as well, my colleagues in a sense where we all feel like we're moving in the same direction, working side by side. So I don't think I really answered the question, (laughs) I realized, but maybe just like being a better communicator. Mm. That could improve. I recorded a solo episode and it was about an opportunity that I had and I don't feel that I executed on that opportunity very well. And I've been pretty disappointed in myself the last few days. And as I reflect 
on it, I truly think that if on day one or week one I created processes, I would have never had this outcome. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest, no matter what happened in my life, no matter what extra responsibility or what other task got thrown, it's like if we have the clarity of knowing how the newsletter is published, how the how the photo is taken, who uploads the photo, um, where it gets posted, who handles the engagement, uh, who who handles the administrative tasks, who does the research, who, who uploads the files of the podcast, where do they go, how do those get handled, in how many days. If we take this space and the time and the medit, it really is a meditative process, the meditation to like map that all out, mm-hmm. then whenever whatever happens, like Tucker just had twins, you know, <laughs> you're like, okay, here's the process. Right. I used to upload the photo. I have to be honest with myself. I don't have capacity to upload that photo anymore. Who on my team or what resources do I have access to that can handle that part in the process? But if we don't even have the process identified and outlined, then it just feels like this flailing mm-hmm. energy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Who's a must-follow person? It could be podcast, YouTube, blog. You? <laughs> Actually? Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. Why? Just in terms of one, like the content that you share, the resources that are available, your tips, being authentic, how to build community. You're well, I appreciate it. You're the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. And favorite software. Well, as I'm leaning more into my processes, Monday. It's actually a really cool project really? management software. I've yes. used Monday. Yes. I've, you dig it. I dig it. That's cool. Yeah. Any last comments, thoughts, or anything you want to say before I wrap up? I will say that just like our history, how we've known each other and how we've been friends, just to me is like a clear indicator of like being yourself and showing up for who you are, being a good person and being friends with someone can really just like create amazing things. And just for anyone out there that feels like, oh, I need to like get ahead and do these things. No, there's karma. Be a good person, do good in the world, help others, and it'll come back to you in ways that you can't even imagine. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Thanks so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world. Remember to go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, this is Rachel Espiritu, a Marketing Operations Director at Starburst Aerospace based in Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.